Breath of God. Man. 
You may all be seated. Al, would you bring Kathy up? Need a mic. I want you all to know that God is in the healing business and does supernatural things. This is my dear brother, Al and Kathy who are chaplains for the United States government. But Kathy, you've been going through an event. Step up here where everyone can see you. And uh, you literally came back from the dead. So there's people that are facing cancer, people that are facing hardship. I want you to speak into their life on how God has sustained you during this very challenging time of your life. I just want to thank the Lord for just being here today. I get up in the morning and I tell him, thank you, Jesus, for another day that you gave me breath. They had diagnosed me. Well, I had surgery last November and I thank you all who have prayed for me. Last November on the 22nd, I had had major surgery. I had shattered. I fell in my garage. I was climbing up this counter and fell back and ended up in the hospital. And 
Um, they had, I shattered my whole heel. And so I was in a wheelchair maybe about five, six months, something like that. And I had major surgery and they said, there's nothing that we can do. We either have to amputate or we would have to um, uh, do a fusion uh, of your ankle. And I had a um, long time before, uh, Dr. Miller at UNM had done a surgery on me because a drunk driver had hit me uh, head on. Uh, and I had that same foot had, um, when I put my brake uh, on, um, had sh that had broken my heel, uh, my ankle already. But Al um, took me to San Francisco to a specialist up there and they said, we can't do anything. There's nothing to, to hold you together. So we would have to do, build you a, a shoe with a platform and you'd have to walk with that always. So I came back to Albuquerque and went to doctor, um, he was, uh, what was his name? Um, well, it doesn't matter. Okay. Well, it was Dr. Miller and, and uh, someone at, at, um, in Arizona has sent me and said, what are you doing here? You go back to Albuquerque at UNM. There's a Dr. Uh, Miller and give him my name and tell him I sent you to him. And he did surgery on me and the Lord healed me then. Amen. Now, how have you sustained yourself with the word of God and the spirit of God during through the cancer and everything else you went through? Well, at the time I was going to church by myself, there was a time when um, I had taken, um, Al and I had been married probably about um, uh, five years, and we were going to church at a little church up there past, uh, Montgomery wasn't even there yet, but it was, it looks like it's a Nazarene church, and it's got like a, a, a big arch, like a ship across from the high school there, and I started going to church there in my little Volkswagen, and uh, one day the pastor came over to Al and said, uh, why don't you come over to our house and eat with us, and Al, uh, uh, he had given Al the picture of Jesus, and, and Al said, no, no, don't come here giving me Jesus. He, he took the card and tore it in four pieces and threw it at the pastor. So I just kept going to church by myself. And But I knew my, I had gone back to my parents and said, I can't stay in this marriage. I said, I, I just want to get out. And, and they said, no, you married your husband. Uh, now you, you God is going to change his life. And long story short, here we are 54 years. Praise God. And Al, are you a Christian now? Oh, definitely. I will die for him. Amen. Praise the Lord. So I just want to encourage you, if you've been told you have cancer, if you've been told you're going through something, whatever you might be going through, we're just saying God has the power to heal, to restore bodies and restore marriages. So be blessed. Thank you for sharing. Thank you so much. David, come and lead us in prayer as we transition through. Y'all feel God's presence in here tonight, or this morning? Uh, let's come before the Lord. Heavenly Father, 
We just thank you so much for this outpouring of your spirit, God. The second I walk into this room, I know you are here, God. The second we start singing these songs, the second we start talking with these people, hearing these stories, it just smells like Jesus all over the place. And we thank you for that. Thank you for this time we have together as believers, as a family, God. And I pray your blessing over this morning's gathering, God, over the word we're about to hear from Pastor Richard and over everybody here in this place. It's in your precious and holy name we pray. Amen and amen. Church, I know y'all just sat down, but hey, let's take a moment. Let's say what's up to one another. Let's greet one another this morning as worship comes to an end. All right, all right, church, you may be seated if you're not already. Man, I just love being here every week, man. Just every face I see, I just see God's love written all over you guys. I'm just so blessed to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Um, And so, yeah, uh, how are you guys doing today? Y'all doing good? Man, yeah, me too, me too. I was gone for like a week. I was out of town, and so I'm just like so excited. Like, man, I missed you guys. Um, But hey, we got a couple of announcements before we get started with anything else. Um, First, on Friday, October 21st at 6 p.m., we are having a large celebration to celebrate Pastor Richard and Pastor Cindy's 40 years of ministry here in Albuquerque, man. 40 years is almost twice as long as I've been alive, man. Like, the amount of commitment these people have towards our church, towards our community, just speaks volumes of their character. It's, uh, the tickets are $50 each, and it's held at the Albuquerque Convention Center. Uh, you can register online. You can register out in the mall. Uh, but seats are limited, uh, and so I would encourage you to get on that quickly. Again, that's Friday, October 21st at 6 p.m. You know, Pastor Richard and Pastor Cindy really have a way of just looking through, like seeing through the sin, seeing through the wreck that is our lives sometimes and encouraging us and bringing us to a place where it's like, hey, this is the version of David that God wants you to be. And I can, I can tell you, man, every person on this platform was a completely different person until we stepped foot in this building, until we stepped foot into this ministry, man. And so all that's to say, Pastor Richard and Pastor Cindy are two people worth celebrating 110%. And so I want to just invite you to celebrate with us on Friday, October 26th. Again, that's at 6 p.m. that day. So mark your calendars. Um, Also, who was at that men's retreat last week? Anybody? Anybody at the men's retreat? I, I heard it was a blast, man. And you know what? The party doesn't stop there. We have the men's breakfast coming up September 10th. That's this Saturday at 7.30 a.m. Men's breakfast and, men's breakfasts and these gatherings and with, with all the men are some of my favorites, man. There's people there who have been walking with Jesus longer than I've been alive. And there's just so much knowledge and wisdom to be had there. And it, I know it's at 7.30 a.m. That's pretty early. But if a 22-year-old youth minister can be there, I mean, you can be there too, man. Uh, so I want to encourage y'all to be there. Again, that's this Saturday at 7.30 a.m. And along with that, this Saturday, we're also doing Parents' Night Out for all of you with young kids. Uh, man, I'm just so grateful for Sister Jessica, who's doing a fantastic job in their kids' wing. Uh, yeah, give her a round of applause for real. She's not even in here. 
because she's in there working her tail off, making sure your kids are having a great time and learning about Jesus. Uh, and on top of serving your kids, we want to serve you. And we want to, uh, from 6 to 9 p.m. this Saturday with the parents' night out, you can drop off your kids and go, go out on a date. Go watch a movie. Go do something. Go, go just cruise down Central. Whatever it is, man, go hang out. Have a good time and enjoy your spouse. Enjoy your family apart from the kids. And I promise they'll be in great hands here. You can register for that online on uh, NBCABQ.com forward slash events. And again, that is this Saturday from 6 to 9 p.m. And church, once again, we just want to thank you for your continuous faithfulness and your tithes and offerings. It's without that, we could not do what we do here. Uh, Not only does it keep the lights on in this building, but it keeps the light of Jesus Christ all throughout Albuquerque. And we are so grateful for that. And there are plenty of ways to give. I like to give online. I love it. It's fast. It's safe. It's secure. And you don't get a bunch of spam texts or anything. It's just like you pay and hey, there you go. We're good. Um, And so the info for that is right behind me on the screen. We've got text to give. We have nbcabq.com forward slash give. That's on our website. Also, we have tithing boxes at every door of the sanctuary, all four corners. And so once again, church, thank you very much for your faithfulness and your tithes and your offerings. And with all that being said, will you do me the honor of welcoming Pastor Richard to the pulpit today? Thank you all so much. You know, there's a, an amazing event coming to the Albuquerque area next month. And here's a really neat video to talk about it. Christmas Cantata, an enjoyable event for the entire family and Christmas masterpiece praised by one million people worldwide. The Gracias Choir, first prize winner of the world's most prestigious International Choral Festival Award, is known for its masterpieces in opera, musical, and choir's vivid, unforgettable Christmas moments. We invite you to feel the importance and warmth of your family. It's going to be an amazing event. If you haven't gone to the Christmas Cantata, it is a spectacular program. This is Reverend Benjamin Lee, a friend of ours, a friend of our ministry, a friend of mine, a prayer partner, and uh, he is the event coordinator. So pray for him because he's got a lot of work. But Brother Benjamin, tell us a little bit about the event. Are the tickets, how much do they cost? Uh, they're basically free, and if you want to donate it, a $10 priority ticket at the outside. So for $10, you get a priority seating ticket. Uh, otherwise, they're free, but if you want to donate anything for this event, uh, they definitely would accept any donations. But if you give $10, you get a priority seating ticket. Yes, Pastor Richard Mansfield, about the seventh time every year he attended and welcome message for the CRF meeting. And he's supporting a lot of broadcasting and you know, like a connection, make a connection with the mayors. So he was very thankful because uh, when I saw him, in his heart, there is a God's image, God's heart. And, you know, the, he's a, one of a big supporter and also like a mentor and teacher guiding me. So I hope to all that you guys become a member for the, this, you know, building the ark. Think about it. Thank October, you, we built the ark, the Christmas cantata. So they have a table out there. Make sure you drop by, get your free tickets. And if you want to get personalized, the, the priority tickets for $10, you'll get that. Thank you so much. Thank you, Benjamin. We love you, my brother. Thank you for being here. 
He's an amazing brother in the Lord. We've been praying together for a few years now, and uh, it's just great to see what God is doing. Guys, I uh, want to release the young people out. So Brother David just got back. He was suffering for Jesus in Hawaii. <laughs> he was in Hawaii. Poor guy. Man, he just... But uh, but you, young people, God bless you guys. It's a joy to have you with us. You're welcome to stay with us, but uh, but they, they get to cover some subjects that are very unique for them. Guys, I, I've been doing this sermon series on changing the way you think because either our thoughts are controlling us or we need to control our thoughts. So I want to talk about controlling our thoughts instead of them controlling us because it's amazing how... Easily, we could be persuaded. For instance, somebody might walk up to you with some really juicy gossip. And they go, man, did you know? And you go, you know, I don't want to know. I don't, don't tell me. I don't want to hear about it. They go, but man, you haven't heard that this one's a good one. And they tell you, and you go, oh. And then the devil goes, aren't you going to tell anyone else? And you go, no, no, I don't, I don't want to. And the angel says, don't tell them, don't tell them. But look what they told you you're right and instead of doing what god wants you to do and pray to him about it and leave it there instead you end up going and doing what you know you don't want to do haven't you ever done something that you're as you're doing it you're going oh why am i doing this but yet you're doing it it's we like are so messed up in our thinking And the theme scripture we've been using is in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, where it says, don't copy the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. He wants to change your thinking. Then you will learn to know God's will for your life, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Heavenly Father, we are men and women that were sinners at one time. And you have brought us free and you have freed us from that life. And now, Lord God, we walk in the righteousness of God. And sometimes we make a bad decision, but thank you that, Lord, we can instantly be cleansed of any spot or wrinkle. Help us to learn how to Control our thoughts instead of our thoughts controlling us. I pray in Christ's name, amen. Look, we've got to learn to control our thoughts. And the reason we've got to control our thoughts is because our thoughts control our life. So as a man thinketh, so is he. Good thoughts, good life. Bad thoughts, bad life. And you know how it goes. You could be all cheerful, all happy. You could wake up and you're like, oh, what a beautiful morning. Oh, what a beautiful day. Oh, what a beautiful morning. Everything's going my way. And you're all happy. And then you walk outside the house and life happens. And you're like, oh, man. And someone says something mean to you. Or... You read the news or you watch the news and you read the paper and you see stuff and 
Now all of a sudden this, this thought life that you had aligned yourself with is starting to go left and it's going someplace it shouldn't. And you've got to realize that you've got to control your thoughts because it controls your life. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23 says, guard your heart, guard your mind above all else for it determines the course of your life. How you think is literally going to direct you. Every action begins with a thought. So whatever you're thinking about, you've got to ask God to keep it under control because we go places that sometimes don't even exist. And we create these thoughts that are really destructive and they really tear us apart because we have to understand that our thoughts control our life. And we also need to make sure that we control our thoughts because our mind is a battleground for sin. It's a battleground. We're constantly at war. What you're thinking of and what you're pouring into you directs what you're thinking. Some of you are all worried and all stressed out, and you're filled with worry because you're focusing on not the Lord, but you're focusing at your situation. Oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? Oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, I hope we don't get a hurricane to hit Albuquerque. Hurricanes don't hit Albuquerque. (laughs) But you start thinking that weird. You think that crazy. And before you know it, the devil starts putting thoughts in your life and and in your way and and this battleground is going on and someone says something mean to you and and you're fighting the anger trying to well up and the Holy Spirit saying, don't get mad, just let it go. But the devil goes, really? You're going to let that go? You're going to let them embarrass you like that? You're going to put up with that? Put them in their spot. Show them who's boss. Come on, tell them. And you're like, you're right, I should. And man, it's like, don't do that. Or you get jealous. You're jealous of somebody's life or you're jealous of what they might have. And next thing you start doing, you covet your neighbor's automobile. You covet their television. You covet their way of dress. You covet and you want what they want really bad. And you battle with that. And it's a battleground that's going on in your head. It's, it's this constant battle because we're constantly at war with the old nature and, and the new nature. God has made you new. He says, old sins are passed away. Behold, all things are made new. Yet the battle is the devil tries to stir up stuff in your head that takes you away from the Lord. In Romans chapter 7, the apostle Paul addresses that in starting at verse 22 and 23. He says, I love God's law with all my heart. But he says, but, but there is another power within me that is at war with my mind, with my thoughts. And this power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. So here, God is trying to purge you. He's trying to sanctify you. He's trying to make you new. He's trying to transform you. And then your old nature is fighting and fighting and at war. And man, you're thinking all these thoughts and you're battling and you're going, oh, I don't want to think like that anymore. Lord, give me the mind of Christ. I don't want to think those thoughts. God, I don't want to do that. And that's why some people have such mental fatigue. They're exhausted mentally because they're constantly at war and that constant battle takes there takes you places that shouldn't and what gets your attention gets you and that's why you have to focus on the lord and you have to focus on him and the things that he offers 
And another reason we've got to take control of our mind is because it's the very key to peace and happiness for you. An uncontrolled mind leads to stress. An uncontrolled mind leads to fear. It leads to worry. It leads to chaos. An uncontrolled mind is completely opposite from God. God is love, and we think of hate. He says he gives us joy, and we think of despair. He says he gives us peace, and we think of turmoil. And on and on, you could go on and on, because the battle in the mind is that we reject God, and we reject his mind, and we reject him, and we listen to the devil instead. And it really messes up our thinking. In the book of Romans, chapter 8, verse 6, it says, So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Man, that's why we have to trust the Lord. And so what I want to talk about in the next few minutes is give you three things to focus on. Three things to really help you control your thoughts through the word. And the first thing is to really, we've got to feed our mind, we've got to free our mind, and we've got to focus our thoughts. We've got to free our thoughts. So the first thing is we've got to feed our thoughts with truth. And we have to understand that God's word is truth. God's word, when it says the truth will set you free, it's saying that the truth, which is the word of God, will set you free. Not other things will set you free. It's God's word that sets you free. And it has to be taken in to help us refocus. Jesus addresses that in, in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, when he says, the devil's tempting him. He says, turn the, this rock into, into bread. And he says, no. The scriptures say, people do not live by bread alone. But he, look what he says. But by every word that comes from the mouth of God. That's what holds us. That's what sustains us. That's what feeds our spirit. That's what feeds our mind. That's what we have to feed our thought life because we have to feed the word of God. The word of God renews your mind. The word of God transforms your mind. The word of God takes you places that are reality. And we need to think of the word of God all the time. We need to think of his truth all the time. Look what he says to Psalmist David David didn't write all the Psalms, but he wrote 90% of them. And David was pursuing God. And in Psalm 119, verse 147, he says, I rise early. Many of you rise up early. He goes, before the sun is up. Some of you get up before the sun. And he goes, I cry out for help, and I put my hope in your words. It's in your word. I put my hope and trust. I listen to that. I fill my mind with you from the very beginning. I don't know if any of you do a morning devotional, but some of you either have your Bible right there, or you might have your phone app, or you use a, an app that from, from the Bible. I downloaded version. Y-O-U-V-E-R-S-I-O-N. And it's got the Bible in many different languages. And it's got several versions in every language. So the only two languages that I read and speak is English or Spanish. And even Spanglish. <laughs> and I even speak Burqueño. <laughs> Burque, hey, 
You know what I mean, eh? <laughs> no. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. It doesn't have that version. I've been looking for it. But I, I, I read the word when I get up in the morning. I try to do it before I even get out of bed. And then when I go to bed, I, I do a devotional because I want to be able to fill my mind with the word to guide me through my day. Because I don't know who I'm going to run into in that day. And look, this city is filled with people like you and I because you and I are in this city. And let's be honest, we're pretty weird, aren't we? I mean, we're awesome, but we're weird. And this city's weirder than us. And I love this city. But our city is in crisis. Our city needs Jesus. Our city needs hope. And we are the light of the world. So you got to fill your life. you got to recharge your battery. you got to retrain your mind to focus on the Lord. Look what he says in verse Psalm 119, verse 97. He goes, oh, how I love your instructions. I think about them all day long. So look, take your Bible to work. And if they don't let you take a Bible, then take your app. You've got your phone. And if they give you a 15-minute break, open up the Word. Even if it's just a verse of the day, it'll keep your mind in that focus. It'll keep your mind in that vein. It'll keep your mind where you need to be going. Read, read it at lunchtime. Read the Word of God for dessert. So you eat your lunch and then take a few minutes to read the Word. You have an afternoon break, read the word. Oh, God, I need your word. My boss has been a real oof this week. I, I work with coworkers that they just need a mind. They just need the mind, let alone the mind of Christ. So feed your thoughts on God's word throughout the day. Then at the end of the night, look what Psalm, Psalm 16, verse 7 says. He goes, I will bless the Lord who guides me even at night, my heart instructs me. So the word of God instructs my heart, my mind. David was serious about the word of God. King David wrote it and he wrote it and he, and he took dictation from the Lord as he gave him words to speak to us. In Psalm 119, verse 95, he says, though the wicked hide along the way to kill me, because they were after him. He goes, though they lie along the way to kill me, I will quietly keep my mind on your laws. So, man, if you're going to walk into a hostile situation at work or at school or wherever you might be, have the Word of God already saturate you. Have the Word of God that has really kept your mind focused and kept your mind focused on the right things. So you need to feed your thoughts the Word of God. The second thing we need to do is we've got to free our thoughts from destructive thoughts. We need to free our mind, our thoughts, from destructive thoughts. You've heard me say it before. If you hang around the goats too long, you start smelling like them. Some of you need to get rid of some of the goats you hang out with. I'm telling you, listen to me. That's, I, I, I really mean it. They're messing up your thinking. They're messing up your mind. They're hurting what you're doing. 
There are enemies out there. There's a battlefield. There's a battle against the truth of God and against his, our best intentions. Our mind has a mind of its own. You're thinking this and our mind goes, oh, no, no, do this. We have to understand that there are enemies against us. Look, an enemy of our thoughts is our old nature. Our old nature is an enemy of our thoughts. Your thought life might want to be, I want to live free. I want to be completely free. I'm a new person. I'm going to live under the word of God. I'm no longer bound to that sin. I'm free. And you leave the house and you're all happy. You just sang your song. You're there saying, thank you, Jesus. And you're coming. And then you even want to come to church. And you're in church. And you're walking through the front doors. And one of your old homies sees you. And they go, what are you doing here? You're a greeter at this church? You're an usher? You're serving donuts? You're, you're on the security team? You're part of the worship team? You're one of the teachers? You're one of this? You're one of, you're one of, you're one of, they go, man, you're a, you're an old marijuana. You're an old drunkard. You're an old gangbanger. You're just a big old gossiper. You're just no good for, and they tear down your character by your old nature. And you go, no, but I've been washed by the blood of the Lamb. Oh, yeah, you wash, wash, wash. you got stains all over you. You can never change. You'll never change. And they throw your old nature at you. And you need to say, you know what? You're right. I was once like that, but I no longer are because I've been washed by the blood of the Lamb. I'm a born-again Christian, and now I'm walking in the nature of God. But the devil will keep coming at you, and he'll use people close to you. And we end up believing things we shouldn't believe. We don't believe We shouldn't believe everything we think. Did you hear what I said? Don't believe everything you think. Because your mind will convince you nobody loves you. That's not true. Now, there might be some people that don't love you. Look, there's some people that don't like me. And I used to get all shook up over that. Everyone has to like me. Why don't they like me? And I've kind of realized I don't like him. Oh. The only reason I come to church here is they give me free donuts and coffee. The only reason I come to church here is because they treat my kids good. The only reason I come here, the youth group's awesome. The only reason I come to church here is the music great, but him, I don't like. Man, I'm like, wow. They used to get me all shook up. Guess what? There's a lot of people that might not like me, but there's a whole lot more that love me. See, you've got to hold on to that. The devil will convince you, you'll never change. You'll never change. Change. You haven't changed. The only thing you changed was your clothes. And the devil will convince you that's the truth when it's not the truth. Nobody cares about you. Yes, they do care. A lot of people care about you, but we only listen to those voices that don't. Because our old nature is fighting us. I read the scripture earlier, but look right there in Romans, Paul the apostle writes in Romans chapter 8, verse 5, and he says, those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit 
Think about things that please the Spirit. So he's saying, don't let your old nature convince you that you're no good. Because God is with you. He's your righteousness. He is your covering. And another enemy of our thoughts is the devil, Satan. Satan messes with our thinking. But hear me, Satan cannot force you to do anything. You're a Christian. Now, if you're not a Christian and you have not received Jesus, you could be possessed by a devil, by a demon. But if you are a born-again, spirit-filled Christian, you cannot be possessed by the devil. Now, some people go like, oh, is that really true? I have seen people possessed. I have prayed over them. I've seen the, the demonic spirits leave. I've seen some crazy stuff in my life. But let me tell you something. The devil can oppress you. That's not possession. That's oppression. Oppression is where demons try to just weigh you down. And man, you've got to strengthen yourself in the Lord because it'll mess you up. Look, all of us wrestle with something. We battle it and we say, God, thank you that I'm free. But that's an oppressive spirit that you have. And we just get used to it. So it's kind of like a backpack that you get. It's, it's, uh, it's only five pounds. It's no big. Before you know it, you don't even notice it. It's like a woman. If a woman's ever asked you, can you hand me my purse? And you get her purse. Oh, my gosh. What's in this thing? Man. You almost throw your back out. And a woman gets that purse, and she just picks it up and puts it here, and she's walking around eating her donut and coffee. And, and my gosh, it's a heavy bag so some people finally get used to that heaviness they just that's ah, no big deal it's just part of life now if i got a real little kid here and gave him a piggyback ride i wouldn't if you got him and you got a little kid and you put put him on your back you'd be like oh i don't even hardly feel him but let me jump on your back <laughs> i bet you you'll feel me because sometimes that's how the devil is. He puts that much heaviness on you. And he keeps attacking you. And you're trying to live under the spirit of God. And you say, man, I'm free from that. You're really free from that? You're going to put up with that nonsense? They're talking about you and you're not going to stand up for yourself? Go tell them off. Go tell them off. Get even. Show them who's boss. Show them who you You know what I should, huh? Yeah, you t t go tell them. And then you go over there and you tell them, and you're like, God, what's wrong with me, God? You already freed me. Why did I go back to my old sinful nature? Because you think you're strong enough, and you're not that strong. But greater is the spirit who's in you than the spirit who's in this world. That's why you have to draw on God's spirit. In 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10, it says, so that Satan will not outsmart us, he goes, for we are familiar with his evil schemes. The devil's good at what he does. But that's why Jesus told us, be wise as a serpent and gentle as a dove. In other words, understand that the devil wants to mess you up. When we refuse God's word or God's way, the devil wins. Don't let the devil win because God has already given you the victory. 
And another enemy of our thoughts is the world's values. The world's values. You don't even have to be that old to see how much the world has changed. But when you get old like me, we shake our head and go, when did we ever think we'd see stuff like that? But some of you who are young are going, man, when did I ever thought I'd see junk like that? Man, the world is trying to impose its values on the church. It happens through television, through radio, podcasts, social media, TV shows you might watch. They're constantly dishing out a whole different way of life that is contrary to the world's. It's trying to confuse us. Look, I've been at the birth of both of my children, but I've been in the room when some other women have had children. They go, Pastor, I want you here with me and my husband. And I'm like, okay, this is kind of weird. Okay. I wasn't there when you formed this baby. Why am I here now? This is kind of weird. But I've been there. And when that baby was born... We didn't have to do DNA tests. We didn't have to do genetics. We knew right away, that's a boy, Nina. I know a boy when I see him. That's a girl. Yeah, that's a girl. That, that's not a boy. But now we're like the world saying, we have to find our identity. Well, man, if you don't have Jesus, that's why you're so confused. God didn't make mistakes. God didn't form you in your mother's womb and all of a sudden go, I, dummy, dummy, what's wrong with me? I, I made him a boy and he wants to be a girl and he's supposed to be a girl and he's supposed, she's supposed to be a girl, but she wants to be a boy. And there's no confusion with God. And in 1 John chapter 2, verse 16, he says there, the world offers only a craving of physical pleasure. If it feels good, do it. A craving for everything we see. And we want it, and we got it, and we're going to take it, and we're, man. And pride in our achievements and possessions. I did this. God didn't do anything for me. I did it. Yeah, right. These are not from the Father, but are from the world. So we have to understand that. We have to embrace that. We have to see that. And the way to fight that is to understand what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 through 5. He says, we are not human, for we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds that humans of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. So he's saying we don't fight against flesh and blood. This is a spiritual warfare, and we use God's mighty powers. And verse 5, he says, we destroy every, every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture Hear that. We capture their rebellious thoughts 
and we, it says, and we capture them and then we teach them to obey Christ. Now, in my head, I literally like see, okay, when I'm having these crazy thoughts, I go, Jesus, and he sends his troop, and he takes those thoughts captive, and he arrests them, and he locks them up in a, in a, in a cell where they can't get out, and there they go. Now, you better, you're going to stay there till you obey Christ. And that's how I see it. And I go, hey, thank you, Lord. Thank you that now I have freed my mind, and I'm thinking the way you want me to think. Because, man, I started thinking some dumb things, but I took those thoughts captive. See, we have to understand that the devil wants to come after us and take us down. That's why you have to be free. Not just feed your thoughts, but free your thoughts from destructive thoughts. And we have to realize that our minds, because they have a mind of their own, Those are called strongholds. A stronghold is when you believe a lie. The devil says, you're not any good, you're worthless. And you believe that. That's a stronghold. Satan has now put a stronghold in your life to not let you become the man or woman of God he's created you to be, and he holds you from being liberated from that thought. Nobody likes you. Everyone's talking about you. That's a stronghold because that's not true. There might be some people that don't like you and there might be some people that are talking about you, but not everyone. So we end up holding on to these thoughts and they destroy us and they really mess us up and they mess up our thinking. That's why it's so important that we get rid of that. And that's why it's so important that we really, really, really just allow God to renew our mind. Look what he says in Psalm 119, verse 112. And he says, for I am determined. In other words, I'm focused, I'm committed, I'm determined to keep your decrees to the very end. I'm going to do it your way. I'm going to do it your way. I'm going to focus on you. I'm going to do it your way. And I've got to make, I must make up my mind to obey God. Say, so God, I'm going to obey you. No matter what weird thought comes my way, I'm going to obey you. I know that you love me and I'm going to believe that. Even if you were the only human being on this entire planet, do you know that God would still die for you? That's how much he loves you. And that's how much he cares. And that's what we have to hold on to. So we got to feed our mind the word of God. We've got to free our mind from destructive thoughts. And then the third thing we've got to do is we've got to focus our thoughts on the right things. We focus on all the negative stuff all the time. That's all we ever look at. You read the paper, oh my gosh, I can't, I can't step out of Albuquerque because I can't walk in the streets because they might shoot me. They're shooting people. We do. They're killing people in our city. We already have 92 homicides this year in the city limits of Albuquerque. That's not counting county. But you know what? Like they said on television, they're primarily just killing off each other. There have been a few innocent people killed. So be on alert. Be aware. Don't be in paranoia. We have an amazing city. I love this city. You love this city. But we got to pray that this spiritual stronghold that's over our city be gone in the name of Jesus. The spirit of death leave the land of New Mexico and go back to the pit of hell where it belongs. 
And it brings me to the third thing, that we need to focus on the right things. And I said that, so look what it says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. And now, my dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts. So fix your thoughts on what is true, what is honorable, what is right, what is pure, what is lovely, what is admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. So think about those things. Shift your thinking. So how do we do that? Think about Jesus. Think about Jesus. Jesus was this amazing guy that suffered, died, and was buried, and on the third day rose again. Jesus gave you power over death. Jesus has poured out his life for you. Jesus has sent the Holy Spirit. He goes, I leave and I send you now the Holy Spirit that will comfort you and guide you. In this trial, in this world, you're going to have a lot of trials and tribulations, but be, be not filled with fear because I've overcome the world. He's saying, I have taken care of you. I'm going to watch over you. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 8, it says, Always remember that Jesus Christ, a descendant of King David, was raised from the dead. Remember that. He's saying, think about Jesus. He conquered death. This is the good news I preach, Paul says. And that's what we got to hold on to. We got to say, Jesus already gave me victory. He already gave me victory over this. I'm not going to be taken down by this. I'm not going to be confused by this. I'm going to trust him at his word. And I'm going to start believing what he says. And I'm not going to let the crazy thoughts that try to attack me take domination over anything else. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 3, it says, think of all the hostility all the pain, all the anger, everything that Jesus endured from sinful people, then you won't become weary and give up. Then you're not going to be ready to say, forget it. Then you're not going to say, I'm so tired. Then you're not going to say those things because you're focusing on him. And don't just focus on him, but focus on others. Think about other people. Quit being so selfish and just think about yourself. Think about other people. Think of how you can bless them and minister to them. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 4, he says, Don't look out only for your own interest. But he says, but take, a, take an interest in others too. Man, when you pour yourself out, it's a blessing. When you empty yourself out to others, you feel, oh, man, God, that was so awesome. I got to bless somebody. You got to help them. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24, he says, let us think of ways to motivate one another of, with acts of love and good works. This is Labor Day weekend. It's the last summer weekend, if you would. So there's a lot of people traveling right now. There's a lot of people out there that are having, they're, they're doing their last kind of vacation. But if you haven't seen someone here for a while, text them, call them, say, hey, man, I've been thinking about you. I, I just want to encourage you. 
I don't know what you're going through because their thought life has told them nobody cares. Their thought life has told them there's no hope. Their thought life has told them I just need to stay away. And the Bible says, no, we need to learn how to motivate, encourage, how to stimulate their thinking and change their mind on why they should be among other believers. And then we need to think about eternity. We need to think about heaven. We need to think about God. Some people say, you know what? You're so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good. That's a life in the pit of hell. Because you know what? The reality is you're so earthly minded that you're no heavenly good. He tells us to think about heaven. He tells us to think because when you think about heaven, you're going to think the way God thinks and you're going to see life completely different. Colossians chapter three, verse two tells us that. He says, think about the things of heaven and not the things of earth. So focus there. Focus there because you haven't even begun to see what all the things God has. He even said that. Paul said that in Second, First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. He says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Man, amazing things lie ahead. Amazing thing God is doing. Amazing thing he wants us to do. But he wants us to control our thought life and not allow our thought life to control us. He wants to totally saturate us with his Holy Spirit. He wants to saturate us with his word. And that's why we've got to feed our mind. We've got to feed our thoughts the word of God. To take it in, to renew your thinking. To renew your thought life. Because I've said it before, but we have stinking thinking. We're all messed up. But God wants to make us new. He wants to restore us. He wants to empower us. We also need to free ourselves from thoughts that are so destructive and that really mess us up. Thoughts that tear us away. Thoughts that fill our mind with bitterness and anger and unforgiveness. Thoughts that take us places like we don't need to go. I was sharing how the minute you want to change, right away you think you want to go with your friends and start helping them change. I've shared my story. I, 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 I had a drinking problem and I had asked my church to pray for me and and one Saturday, I popped open a beer, and I took a big old swig, and I spit it out. It tastes like vinegar. And I went through all eight beers. You'd think, hey, it's bad, okay? Maybe God's freeing me. No. I went through eight beers. I poured them all out. And what do you think I did? Praise God, I'm free. No, I went to the store and bought a different brand of six-pack. It's like, duh, hello. You remember Back to the Future? Hello, McFly. Hello, tonto. So I got, oh, that six-pack, and I'm drinking it. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I went through 14 beers, and they all tasted disgusting. And Cindy goes, Richard, you know, you did stand in front of the church asking God to set you free. Do you think maybe he's doing that? Tonto. <laughs> okay, she didn't say tonto, but I knew she was thinking that. <laughs> and there's some of you that are trying to break this habit. But the devil comes, and he taunts you. 
right after I poured out those 14 beers and I finally realized, wow, Lord, you set me free. I went into my kitchen because I had a cabinet and I got my Seagram 7 and poured it out. Then I got my Johnny Walker Red and poured it out. I had Johnny Walker Black and I poured it out. I have Chevis Regal and I poured it out. Then I got my tequila and I poured it out. And I had poured them all out. And I'm not exaggerating one bit. I poured it out and I throw the bottle in the trash can and it's filled with 14 beer bottles and liquor bottles and right when I threw it away at the front door and I opened the door and it's Beto my best friend who we used to drink and get trashed all the time and he goes Richie I just got back from Nuevo Laredo which is on the other side of Laredo Texas he goes look what I brought you and he gave me a bottle of mezcal and he goes, that's the good brand, the one, and it even has a worm at the bottom. Let's see who gets it. And he popped it open, he took a big old swig, and he goes, here, and I go, Beto, he goes, dude, did you guys party last night? I go, no, man, God just set me free. He set you free of what? I go, dude, I, be, I, I told you I accepted the Lord two months ago, but I still been drinking, and I've been all messed up, and I, I, he, he set me free? Dude, it was like vinegar, I'm free. And he goes, yeah, get free, get nada here. And he puts it like that in my chest. And I go, Beto, I don't want it. If I take that, I'm going to pour it in the sink. And he puts it up to my lips. That's how the devil is. Some of you think you're strong enough to go back to your friend that you party with and do weed and drugs with and go back with the alcoholic and you go back with this person and that person and you go back to your ex-lover just to be friends and you can't do that. And I told him, Beto, if I take that bottle, I'm going to pour it down the sink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he goes, here. And I got it and I poured it down. Like, what are you doing? I go, I told you, dude. I go, I'm free. Beto, I want to invite you to serve Jesus with me. And he told me that me and my Jesus could go take a hike. And it grieved me. And I go, Beto, if you don't serve the Lord, I, I, I can't hang out with you anymore. Because I had to remove myself from dangerous thoughts and dangerous people. There's people, places, and things that you need to get rid of. And I'm telling you, God wants to free you today. And you need to focus on the right thing. You need to put into practice the things that are in your thought life that are wholesome and good. And if you've never put your trust in Jesus and you've never trusted the Lord and you want to give him your life today, raise your hand and say, you know what, Pastor, that's me. Is there anyone here that's never done that and you want to do that today? Well, then what I want to invite you to do is if you want freedom from just some things that have been very destructive in your life, that today you would come and lay it down at the cross. So would you stand with us as we sing this song? But if you want prayer, I invite you to come up to get prayed over and prayed with. And just allow the Lord to minister to you, to completely restore your thinking. Sing it out. Searing sound, rushing wind, fire of God, fall within. Holy Ghost, breathe on us, we pray. As we repent, turn 
gone from sin, revival ever smoldering. Breath of God, fan us into flames. Cause we need a fresh wind, the fragrance of heaven. Pour your spirit out. Just allow God to minister to you. Allow him to comfort you. Empty yourself out before the Lord today. Say, God, you're showing me some things I need to do. Give me the strength to obey.
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Holy Spirit, thank you for filling this place with your presence. Holy Spirit, renew our mind right now. Lord, renew our mind. Allow us to feed our mind, our thoughts, the Word of God. Allow us, Father God, to completely be free from destructive thoughts and patterns in our life. Father God, I pray that, Lord, we would, Lord, completely renew our thoughts with good thoughts, healthy thoughts. That, Lord, we would focus on the right thing. We love you. We bless you. We thank you. We just thank you for deliverance, not just here in this room, but those watching online. Oh, Father, allow them to experience, Lord, your goodness and your freedom right now. Shift the thinking of destructive thoughts and renew them, I pray in Christ's glorious name. And God's people said, Amen. God bless you, church. We love you. Don't forget, there's tickets out there for you to be able to partner with us on some events.